0: flushcarecom slash weight
3: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Here we are just off the back of the June weekend. And you know in your heart that come September, in fact, come late August, people will be on the phone to me here at the Opinion Line uh, about places, trying to get places for children in school, trying to organize special needs assistance for children in school. And they just won't be there and it'll be a case of the Sino said this and the NCSC said that and the school would give me the it's just a mess and it comes up every year Jennifer Horgan's written about this uh, in the Irish Examiner and of course Jane you're also a teacher and a mom but it is that, it's uh, like this is kind of like Groundhog Day Jennifer because every June we predict it and every uh, August, September it happens and you've written a good analysis on why it happens, good morning
1: Morning PJ yeah I I mean, I... I think the, the reason I, I wanted to write about it as well, as you say, I'm a parent and a teacher, and I see the sort of the, the miscommunication, I think, that sometimes happens, and to be fair, sometimes happens through the media, um, that, you know, that, that schools have autonomy and it's schools who are deciding to deprive a child of an SNA. And I really wanted to bust that myth, yeah. um, particularly at primary level. It's just not the case. And what's happening is that schools are experiencing exactly the same kind of frustrations and the same levels of paperwork and and bureaucracy Um, but schools and families are being sort of pitted against each other and I suppose my hope would be that if if we joined together a little bit more, we might be able to put more pressure on the NCSE and on the government.
3: Like it's not the school that decided that little Sean can't have an SNA or that Mary's got to share her SNA with three more kids. It isn't the school decided that.
1: No. So what happened was like years ago, it would be that the supports would follow the child. Um, but it was felt that that was unfair on families who maybe couldn't afford private assessments. Um, but also, obviously, there were waiting lists. And so it was switched then to a kind of a profile. So a school is basically profiled in terms of gender, socioeconomic realities and um, the, the number of students um, and the the school has no, can't access that algorithm. So they've no way of querying, you know, the number of SNAs that the NCSE is coming up with. Mm. And what's happening on top of that is that every year um, the allocation is being frozen. So for the last three years, um, there's been no change. Now for a developing school, that's, you know, absolutely (laughs) hugely problematic because they're actually getting in more and more students Yet they have the same number of SNAs, so Which they're is, seriously that's disadvantaged. A reduction.
3: That's not a freeze. That's a reduction.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is actually my article is only about mainstream primary schools. So in special schools, the allocation has gone down in many cases. Um, There was a very good article today in the Examiner actually um, uh, interviewing primary principals and 84 percent of them are reporting an increase in special educational needs in the last four years. So when you couple that with the fact that the allocation has been frozen for the last three years, Mm. you've got a perfect storm. Now, the NCSC you know, so
3: is, it is independent, as it were, of the Department of Education, but it's answerable directly to Minister Joseph Man- Madigan, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yes and so it's really concerning like was it last week or the week before she announced that they were going to set up emergency hubs for children with special educational needs Ah. and that considering she's the head of you know NCSE I mean the Epson Act of 2004 says that all children are entitled to an inclusive environment and they're they're entitled to the same educational experiences as any child you know and that's there in black and white I mean it's yet to be put in practice obviously Mm. and Clearly, there's no understanding from the head of the NCSE of what these children are entitled to. Mm. Like, it's deeply frustrating, deeply wrong.
3: She, she looked at it as if to say, Well, you know, this is a solution. I'm creating places, I'm creating hubs for all the children who, yeah. with special needs. But Someone put it on, on social media and I thought it was a very good comparison. Okay, supposing we said, Minister, we're only going to take the tr- children of the travelling community and put them into those places. Yeah. Or suppose we said we're going to take the children Absolutely. of colour and put them into those places. You're taking a group that's yeah. already struggling and you're labelling yeah. its discrimination with these hubs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and putting away from their communities, you know, away from their friends. It's just, it's appalling. And and then, you know, she did backtrack and say, oh, it's only a suggestion, but it's just very worrying that that was even ever, you know, mm. put forward. um, And, uh, you know, and it's also this idea of an emergency. We've known for years, principals experience this. As you said, PJ, at the start there, we know every year it happens and you, and you receive calls from numerous parents who are upset. This isn't an emergency. You know, this has been happening year on year and it, I'm just hoping it's coming to a head, you know, yeah, and, that, and and that they're forced to, to respond in some way
3: myself and my queen bee had these worries ourselves uh, and and yeah. he will be 24 in Oct- or 25 James will be 25 in October we had these worries 20 years ago to call it an emergency now is yeah. actually an insult
1: it is it is yeah, yeah. Good
3: speaking to you Jennifer, thank you very much that's Jennifer Horgan of the Irish Examiner I want to bring in Sinead Lowe who's principal of St Stephen's School um, which is a band one desh school, now Sinead you're, you're you're in Waterford but I know that there will be other desh schools in Cork and indeed uh, other schools in the similar position that you're going to describe just outline for us first of all though, Sinead, for those of us who might need to be told, what does a band one desh school actually mean good morning
2: Good morning, P.J. Well, uh, we're at Desh One, uh, Dash Band One School in Waterford City, and it's based, I suppose, on our locality and the needs of the children and the socio-economic uh, background that they're coming from. So Desh One band One would be the highest level of disadvantaged um, school. Um, so we're, we're slap bang in the inner city. We're very much a mixed bag. Um, it's a wonderful school, um, but um, yes, we do have our we do have huge needs um, across a range of of areas. Mm.
3: And in terms of special needs, additional needs, SNAs, etc., you said that you've had, you've never known the higher need.
2: No, we've never. I mean, our school is not the same as it was three years ago. Um, we've had visits from NEPs. We've had visits from our school public health nurse. And we've also had a visit from the NCSE, behaviour advisor, and they all were alarmed at the level of need in our school. Um, the next psychologist said in her 25 years of practicing, she had never seen the level yeah. of need in a, in a mainstream school.
3: NEPs so, being, just explained for listeners, National Educational and Psychological Services. Psychological
2: Service. Services, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So they were coming in as, in an advisory capacity. They were assessing children. Um, and like what they can do is very limited as well. They can assess. They can put forward then for assessment for ASD. Um, but really, it's very limited. They're, they're, their wings have been clipped a little bit, I think, over the years. And they can't do as much for schools as they used to be able to do. Mm.
3: Yeah, but here you have, and I, I'm quoting because you were in Jennifer's article. Uh, your NEPS psychologist says they've never seen such a mm. level of need in 25 years' uh, experience. Yeah. The public health nurse says the situation is unprecedented, mm. and 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 yet you're being told no, you can't get NELS.
2: Yeah, I mean that was I was just. Um, I was so obsessed to be honest I was actually I was so obsessed when, when the allocation came in because we have five and a half SNAs uh, 5.5 SNAs for nearly 400 children Hang
3: on and how can you see this is, again I know this is department speak but
2: what's half an SNA? A half SNA is a half school day
3: So, so someone needs special needs assistant from 9 to 11 or 9 to 12 but not from 2 to 4 that's what it, they're telling you
2: Yes well yeah yeah so you <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, it's, it's, it's laughable. It, it's laughable. But then, as you said, you know, you had these worries twenty years ago, yeah. and they're huge worries for parents. They are absolutely enormous. huge worries, enormous worries. For parents. worries. And, and you know, Jen and and yourself, they were talking about autonomy. I think the problem is they have given autonomy to the principal. So I am now faced with I have fourteen children in September who are, have you know significant additional needs. That's fourteen children. And I have five and a half SNAs to support those 14 children. So previous to this situation, we had, you know, you would apply for, as Jen said, you'd apply for an SNA in the name of a child. And then, you know, whether it was granted or declined, and you could appeal it. Now, it's for the school. So I now have to face the parents and say, I'm sorry, I have to go, I have to give the support where the need is greatest and your John is not up there at the top, so I have to reduce his access to an SNA. So it's it's damaging that relationship between the parent and the principal, which is a very important relationship when you have a child with additional needs.
3: As I'm sure you'll agree with me, Sinead, SNAs change life's pathways. Yes, yes, it A is. good SNA, and yes. I've said this a hundred times, and I think people should wear it around on a T-shirt. A good SNA changes a life mm-hmm.
2: but it's giving the children all children all children deserve that equal access to the curriculum to be able to access it. some children need that additional support so why can't they get it i mean i just feel that the ncse the departments are making us fight we shouldn't have to be have we shouldn't we, our, our day is so so busy we shouldn't yeah. have to fight for this basic support for children and
3: yes here we are Summer yes, in, summer out, year in, year out, and I'm sure if I dragged out tapes from five years ago and my news work from ten years ago or more, we'd have the same conversation. Sinead, thank you. Sinead Lowe, Principal of St. Stevens, is a band one dash school in Waterford City, where, to remind you before I go to my next contributor, uh, the public health nurse says they've never seen such a level of need. The psychologist from NEPS, the National Educational and Psychological Service, they've never seen such a level of need. The teachers are close to breaking point. The SINO, which is the Special Educational Needs Officer, says they'll have a hard case trying to get one-to-one SNA for any child. They have 14 children sharing five and a half SNAs. Let me go local. Uh, Nikki Egan, Principal of North Press. Hi, Nikki.
4: Hi, PJ. Good morning. How are you good. doing?
3: Uh, I, I'm good, Nikki. but you know what it is. I, I'm beginning to feel like that Groundhog Day movie. And I'm how many more times must you and I and Sinead and Jennifer and others like us have this conversation before somebody actually does something about it?
4: I know, PJ, and that's exactly... Um, when I saw the article on The Examiner last week, I had met Jennifer just the week before for the first time. And it was so spot on that I texted her immediately saying, oh, oh thanks to God, somebody at last has, has gotten it just right. The fact that principals have to get down on bended knee yeah. and beg for, for help for the children in their school, it, it can be just soul-destroying. In the last three years, I've done four exceptional reviews, which is where you appeal for more. And it takes hours and hours, up to 10 hours of paperwork for the principals. Towards the end of the school year and into July, and then to have the rejection come in from somebody who's faceless and nameless a lot of the time, Do you know that they've never met me, they've never spoken to me, they don't know the children that I'm speaking about, they don't know the school. It's not your own Sino who makes this decision. It's not the person you have the relationship with. Yeah. Yeah. And where special needs children and their families are concerned, the relationship and the relational aspect is is the whole thing. That care and that love that you're supposed to give them. That's the main point of it. And it's so soul destroying then to have it turned into like an algorithm with no love and care behind the decisions. That's it's right. a it it can be it can be soul destroying for its principles. It can be very depressing. And as Shanade said It can ruin that relationship between you and the family, the most needy families in your school.
3: Because then the natural thing is that the, the, you know, it's it's part of the human condition, Nikki, that we address our concerns at the person we meet.
4: Absolutely, and and the the principal
3: gets addressing down that they don't deserve. You know.
4: Yeah, and it's hard to explain to parents. You know, I mean, even even this week now I have. A parent of a new child who's coming into us in September, coming in with reports and, we, and with everything that years ago would have meant that he would have had an SNA sitting next to him immediately. And she said, now he's going to get, have an SNA of his own, isn't he? And then to start again and explain, I'm so sorry, he's not going to have an SNA of his own. We have 20 children in September who are going to need access to an SNA and we have three full-time SNAs. Ah, Nicky. And Three. one SNA for the infant day. Three and one SNA for an infant day. So we have four altogether, one of them not a full time day. And they are run ragged, PJ. Like you said, they're absolute angels. The four ladies in our school, I couldn't say more about them. They have hearts bigger than themselves. And they, they run. The minute one child is calm and regulated and happy and able to learn, then they're running out of the room across the corridor to another room to check on another child and it's just it's very soul sort destroying of for the whole school but it's very um inaccessible for children sure, ab- they can't learn that way right? apart
3: can't. from that apart from the inaccessibility to the children and you're so right and moreover the fact that you might have sean we will say on the ground floor and and yeah. and, and mary on the third floor and the SNA and running ragged between the two, and that's just two of the... Ch- You're going to have some of these young people, these wonderful young people, who will have burnout before they're 30.
4: They will, and the wonderful people who want to do the job, they won't apply for it, because they'll, they'll hear. It'll come in a couple of years where we won't be able to get special needs assistance, because they won't want to do a job that's impossible for them to do during the school day. And for them even to be waiting until the 31st of May to know whether or not they were going to have a job. I'm glad
3: me. you got to that. Yeah. That's still going on. That's still going on. That's so wrong. People used to be saying, ringing me here 31st of May, 30th. I, I don't know yet whether my son has either a other place yeah. or I don't know whether my daughter has an essay. That's wrong. That's totally wrong.
4: It's, I mean, it's very nerve-wracking for everybody, nerve-wracking for the school. And this year, it's a good belief, really, that we waited this long to then be told there's no change. If there's going to be no change, we could have heard about it in February and made our plans and done our exceptional review between the month of February and June. Whereas now principals are in the position of trying their very best now over the next two weeks to make the exceptional reviews which are an impossible task yeah. say, absolutely impossible
3: oh I saw the file <laughs> I, I do <laughs> I do remember a principal uh, wh- whose name I won't mention but he was a thorough gentleman and was so kind to my son and I remember what he said he said he's not leaving here until I know where he's going if I have to put him in a room himself and, <laughs> and, and staff it for him and mind him he's not leaving here until he has a place to go but he he was putting in one of these applications. And I said, God almighty, paperwork? Yeah, yeah. Mind- mind-boggling paperwork. stuff. All right, Nicky, listen, thank you very much. Uh, unfortunately, I sometimes feel like we're all wasting our breath here. Um, but we'll continue to do it because the day we stop is the day that the people who don't want you to have The services actually win. That's how I feel anyway, and I think that's how a lot of others do. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you, Sinead, and
0: thanks to Jennifer. Corks
3: 96 FM.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy.